my friends, and welcome back to the Plutocracy Report. I'm your host, Vince Marcanti, here to rant and rave about the craziness going on in our world. I certainly hope you all had a great week since the last time we talked. You know, environmentally, we had record-breaking heat out west going on this week and flooding out east and fire breaking out in many areas around the world. As we enter the phase of our existence where only a completely biased and brainwashed fool can still deny an extreme and alarming climate shift is happening right before our eyes. And this further proves the dire need to take back our government immediately to address this predicament. So that's all I got to say this week about climate change because I need to address the state of this insane asylum society we are living in. Oh my gosh, things are crazy out there. Now, I want to start the show off by reading something that caught my attention. This was written by Chris Hedges. Maybe you heard it. I think I read it before, but it really struck a chord in me when I read it uh, a few days ago. He said, We have been mentally damaged by a carefully orchestrated historical amnesia, a state of induced stupidity. We increasingly don't remember what it means to be free. And because we don't remember, we do not react with appropriate ferocity when it is revealed that our freedom has been taken from us. The structures of the corporate state must be torn down. Its security apparatus must be destroyed. And those that defend corporate totalitarianism, including the leaders of mainstream political parties, fascist academics, pundits, and a bankrupt press, must be driven from the temples of power. Mass street protests and prolonged civil disobedience are the only hope. A failure to rise up, which is what the corporate state is counting on, will see us enslaved. Okay, as if we aren't already enslaved, Chris. (laughs) Even if you have enough money not to be a debt and wage slave, You're forced to pay taxes to a monetary system based on debt slavery and inhumanity. So, let people know, we are there now. It's not off in the future. We shouldn't be preparing for a battle with the New World Order. We're already decades late to the fight. But I really like what he said there. And I'm really finding out what a great writer Chris Hedges is. Now, not many people go that far in their statements, and we need voices like his out there who actually tell it like it is. But we also need to go further in coming up with ideas, like instead of street protests that really haven't done any good ever. I I shouldn't say that. I guess it's done good at some point. I I don't want to get into it now, but there's other things we can do that are way more effective like move our money from the big banks to credit unions. The five banks that make up the Federal Reserve are Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Citigroup, Wachovia, and Wells Fargo. To give them your business is a crime against humanity. So stop it and make them feel our disapproval. That's a simple and effective act that will piss off the banking plutocrats for sure. We're lazy people, and no one needs to meet for a controlled, sanctioned, and useless protest in Washington. Simple boycotts from home work. Also, don't give them your consent to continued plutocracy by voting for profiteer politicians on the right and left. Come on. Shouldn't we be beyond that by now? Shouldn't we know it's all a show? Listen. Live small and don't give money to the big banks and ruthless corporations. And then imagine if we organized a tax boycott until our money is used for what the people think is the greater good for all, instead of mentally ill plutocrats making the decisions with no regard to common sense and dignity. That would do it, and they know it. That's why taxes are taken directly out of paychecks, you know, if you work for a big company and your money gets directly deposited into Chase Bank or one of the other big boys, and your retirement fund is put in the casino market, and you can't touch it until uh, 
you know, they say you can when you retire or you'll pay taxes and penalties. So you just have to sit and watch it dwindle before the time comes for you to get it, if you ever do. I mean, they got away with every nefarious plan for total control without much of any resistance. Social Security is the only thing they haven't captured yet, and they're coming for it. But there is still one act that can't be neutralized. Imagine a national strike. Nobody goes to work or contributes to the national commerce while we all stand in unity, demanding a transformation to government beholden to the will of the people. You know, no more money deals controlling communal decisions. I heard some guy talking about the need for lefties to rise up and learn to shoot guns like the righties. No, that's, that's not right. We need to unify on the most dire and common issues that affect us all because we certainly can reach common ground, even if we see the other side as crazy. They're not. They're just brainwashed. We can all reach consensus on what affects us all. I mean, do people really think violence and continued division is going to overthrow the plutocrats? Come on. Forget your lefty and righty bullcrap. Both are failed ideologies. Time to come together for the well-being of all. Okay, now that I explained what we need to do, let me tell you what's currently going on, you know, to play us all for fools. And so many people are just gobbling up this propaganda. So the big story was our so-called leader who met with the leader of Russia. You know, it sounds pretty boring, doesn't it? Like when Obama met him, nobody cared. Just boring. But things are different now. This is the part of the reality show that has been the main story since Trump became reality show host of America. Democrats think Putin himself stole the election with 12 interns on social media and hacked the DNC and did a terrible thing by letting, letting us all know what they're up to and how pathetic and nefarious they are behind closed doors. Oh, but Cambridge Analytica was meaningless to the election because they're based in Britain. All of it is a fabrication from a script of the American democracy reality show. And most of you still take it seriously. Even smart people regard it as being in the know. The lefties think this was treasonous and Russia is the ruthless enemy run by a dictator that wants to destroy America more than he wants his own country to succeed. They know nothing about Russia. They think he's a freaking dictator and they're all living in poverty. They, they have no idea. They really like Putin. He saved their asses. And they also don't know what treason means. They throw around words because they think it, it, they're more impactful. But it's just bullcrap. The treason is perpetrated by the plutocrats against all life on earth. Not some dummy businessman who won a popularity contest and did some infantile babbling to Putin. So this boring, meaningless meeting was called treasonous by the left and they are completely in delusion and believe everything they're told as long as it makes them think Trump can be impeached over something. You know, I guess they, they must just love Mike No Sense Pence because they really want him to take over, don't they? I'm not going to waste a second of time giving you the nonsense because it's pure fantasy. We've all heard it. But let's just see what CNN's Anderson Cooper called this diplomatic meeting. Disgraceful. Also saying, I just personally think today is just an incredibly depressing moment in our time, in our history as an American. Really? And Dorkson? Every day CNN continues to broadcast is depressing. Who still watches that crap? You know, who is giving them viewers? Even other righties were told to come out against this. And John Brenner tweeted this. Donald Trump's press conference 
performance in Helsinki rises to and exceeds the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. It was nothing short of treasonous. Not only were Trump's comments imbecilic, he is wholly in the pocket of Putin. Republican patriots, where are you? You little weaselly idiot. This hypocrisy makes me sick. As if he doesn't make imbecilic comments every time he opens his stupid mouth as well. High crimes and misdemeanors. What an idiot. And so is anyone else who thinks that. Okay, it's simple to see how we are manipulated in this dichotomy of division and why this is crap. We have to be made to have enemies to justify the insane and destructive gargantuan military budget and keep the waste going. You know, what I call the status quo money flow. That's what everything is about in our government. The war plutocrats also hate Russia for saving Syria and needs them as an enemy to carry on. We funded and fomented a coup in Ukraine, for Christ's sake, and they threatened them more and more ever since Putin began to restore the country from collapse and Boris Yeltsin. The narrative of the plutocrats to the left is absurd propaganda. But you know what? It gets even weirder for the right side of the dichotomy, particularly to the Trumpy lovers. These people think Trump is really defying the war plutocrats. You know, they call them the deep state or the neocons or whatever. And he's trying to make peace with Russia. I even heard Paul Craig Roberts say this. Are you kidding me, Paul? Trump is dumb, but not dumb enough to get himself killed, nor does he care about anything other than getting through this mess and pumping his undeserved ego. This is a script for people to believe supporting this president is the right thing to do because he's fighting the deep state on our behalf. I can't even laugh because that level of delusion is so pathetic. It's no better than lefties still supporting Democrats. I saw a meme that said, There's a new sheriff in town, and the deep state better watch out. You know, there's a picture of Trump with a cowboy hat. Morons. Even Paul falling for this crap. Come on. President Donald Trump has called for removing due process, arranged the largest weapon deal in history with the largest state sponsor of terror in the world, and has waged war in sovereign nations without the approval of Congress. These acts, and many others, highlight the sheer tyranny of the office of the president and should be opposed by all. However, when it comes to these despotic moves, the left is actually in support of them. Only when Trump talks to Putin or Kim Jong-un do they get upset. And the righties think Trump is against the deep state neocons. Don't you see how this is all scripted? Trump is not a maverick or a hero. He is a giant zero. Didn't he approve sanctions on Russia, Paul? Didn't we bomb Syria twice after false flag BS? Doesn't a bomb drop every 12 minutes? Isn't he closer and more obliging to the maniacal Zionists? And all for hating Iran? I'd say our neocon foreign policy is going full speed ahead. But Paul thinks there's a power struggle? Good Lord, people are easily fooled. Listen to the Twitter-in-chief talk about Iran. This is from last Monday. This sounds like a guy really trying to challenge the neocons and uh, wants to make peace around the world, doesn't it? Just listen how peaceful this guy is. To Iranian President Rouhani, never, ever threaten the United States again or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. We are no longer a country that will stand for your demeaning words of violence and death. Be cautious. <laughs> oh my God, what a fool. You, you still think he is fighting against the war plutocrats? He loves plutocrats and he loves plutocracy and he swore allegiance to them or he would have not been allowed to run for head sock puppet. 
How can people still be so naive to think this Russia gossip isn't a show to reinforce the dichotomy of division and nothing more? So Trump is criticized for being friendly with Russia, and you think it means he's really trying to make peace and save the world, huh? Well, did you know Trump says the same thing about Germany? It's like an abused child who takes it out on, you know, abusing other kids. He gets abused, so he abuses others. Listen to this childish talk. Now, this clip is four minutes long, so I may not play the whole thing. I, maybe I will. We'll see how it goes. But he just keeps repeating himself, the same thing over and over. And it's so embarrassing that this guy is president when he can't even express his thoughts in a dignified way. Listen to this peacekeeper who's fighting the deep state. Listen to how he talks to Germany. Uh, it's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. So we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries. And then numerous of the countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Uh, ultimately, Germany will have almost 70% of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate? I mean, I've been complaining about this from the time I got in. It should have never been allowed to have happened. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia because they will be getting from 60 to 70 percent of their energy from Russia and a new pipeline. And you tell me if that's appropriate, because I think it's not. And I think it's a very bad thing for NATO. And I don't think it should have happened. And I think we have to talk to Germany about it. On top of that, Germany is just paying a little bit over 1 percent, whereas the United States in actual numbers is paying 4.2 percent of a much larger GDP. So I think that's inappropriate also. You know, we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting everybody, and yet we're paying a lot of money to protect. Now, this has been going on for decades. This has been brought up by other presidents, but other presidents never did anything about it because I don't think they understood it or they just didn't want to get involved. But I have to bring it up because I think it's very unfair to our country, it's very unfair to our taxpayer. And I think that these countries have to step it up, not over a 10-year period, they have to step it up immediately. Germany is a rich country. They talk about they're going to increase it a tiny bit by 2030. Well, they could increase it immediately tomorrow and have no problem. I don't think it's fair to the United States. So we're going to have to do something because we're not going to put up with it. We can't put up with it, and it's inappropriate. So. We have to talk about the billions and billions of dollars that's being paid to the country that we're supposed to be protecting you against. You know, everybody's, everybody's talking about it all over the world. They'll say, well, wait a minute, we're supposed to be protecting you from Russia, but why are you paying billions of dollars to Russia for energy? Why are countries in NATO, namely Germany, having a large percentage of their energy needs paid you know, to Russia and, and taken care of by Russia. Now, if you look at it... All right. Germany. Shut up. That's enough of that. He just keeps repeating the same point over and over. Germany is being controlled by Russia. Really? Well, yeah, you know, they're buying natural gas from them. So that certainly means that Russia is controlling Germany. And we're paying so much money to protect them from the Russians, right? Yeah, okay. We're, we're the peacemakers, aren't we? The lefty sheep say he's in bed with Russia, so he says Germany's in bed with Russia. And, of course, here the argument is over money, of course. That's all that really matters to any of these psychopaths. It's always about money. That's it. If anyone out there thinks Trump is different and will challenge the war plutocrats, do you ever listen to how your repugnant hero talks? Just examine what's really going on, for Christ's sake. 
He's just a puppet in a show, just like the ones before him. I don't want to talk about this anymore. It really upsets me how the propaganda script writers still fool people into the false reality of there still being a solution within this system of total plutocratic control. You think, you really think that? Wake the F up already and let's address a true solution for once. Quit playing along with the charade. There are people who think supporting Trump is a solution and others think voting harder next election is a solution. And we have to get over that delusion. We have to get over that now, before the next election. All right. Uh, I got to mellow out a bit. I got to self-analyze a bit today, and I think it'll make an interesting segment because I am an interesting person. (laughs) I can say that confidently and without arrogance because I believe everyone is interesting, even sheepies, if we evaluate their lives and beliefs. I even find animals very interesting. Everything in the natural world is interesting to me. Remember I once mentioned the feral cat I was feeding and I wondered how he could survive through the deep freeze of last winter? Well, now he doesn't come around anymore, and I missed a little guy. Oh, well, I guess I'm saving a little dough on cat food at least. (laughs) I'll probably be eating it myself one day the way things are going. I think he may have died. He was an old cat, and I'm sure my fat cat didn't chase him away which he does to other cats, but Pugnose wasn't scared of him. You know, my cat Fresco charged at him once and tried to run him off, and Pugnose didn't even flinch. He was like, what are you going to do, huh? I've been living on the streets my whole life. You think I'm afraid of your fat, pampered domestic ass? Get out of (laughs) here. So, my friends, raise a glass and toast to Pugnose the feral cat tonight. I know he was at least 13 or 15, so he probably passed on. I mean, I'll let you know if I see him again, but most likely, he gone. Now, I find everything interesting, and I like to analyze. You got to be secretive about it when it comes to people, though, because no one wants to be analyzed. And as you can tell, I show no mercy to people who believe BS. I speak my mind And some people don't appreciate it. (laughs) But all people are interesting to me. I mean, a rich man's life is no more interesting than a homeless guy. In fact, probably much less than. But all popular shows and movies depict rich people in nice houses. You know, like the Kardashians. They're in their 14th season. Good Lord, who watches that? I guess because rich people are just so interesting, I can't help but watch them. I think that's kind of why I like this goofy show I've been watching called Shameless. I mean, it's about poor people, and it's kind of funny, but we need to understand how all classes of people live and think and discover why they think that way and realize what we can do to make a better society for all. Like, I asked a friend if he ever saw the show Shameless, and he hadn't, but he heard about it, and he said it's about poor white trash people, right? Well, yeah, kind of, but I see it differently. Now, the parents are lower than trash, but it's not the kids' fault for the environment they're raised in. The the parents, these people are deeply mentally ill and a burden to society. They're addicted to anything that they can afford to acquire as long as they're always buzzed or wasted, you know, escape reality. If they come into some money, they immediately blow it on Coke and champagne. And when they're low on dough, it's funkweed and Budweiser, you know, as long as they're inebriated. And these people are not uncommon. I'm sure we all know people like this in our personal lives. They never mentally mature or learn from their mistakes or change. They are owned by their addictions and their fear of responsibilities. So in this show, the parents ran out on the kids. They had six kids, and the oldest daughter had to drop out of high school and work to keep the family going. 
Uh, the dad is played by William H. Macy. And the acting is really good in the show. And the writers did well to show how awful the mom and dad are and how strong the kids have to be. They are the ones we need to help. And we don't. We need to make sure kids are growing up in a friendly, cooperative environment and make education a creative and fun experience, not a stressful struggle that trains us to submit to authority and wage slavery. Let's make the positive changes locally within small communities. Break away from corrupt, idiotic government and do it ourselves. There's no need for violence and civil war like some people advocate. Just do things from the ground up. And it starts with what our kids are learning. I mean, it's time to break the chains of the past. Let them learn better things. You don't have to be a scamming alcoholic because your dad is one. It's not hereditary. And you don't have to join the army because you're poor or your dad did it and you got to be just like him. No one is invading our country. There's no need to join that regressive organization. If you join the military, you are the invader and waster and taker from society, like the plutocrats, but on a much, much smaller scale. There are takers and there are leavers. Let's leave something for the kiddies and do something right as a nation for once. If the parents can't help kids grow up wisely and humanely, let's have the community do it for them, not the government. We just need a compassionate community throughout our nation, all communities. We can show love to kids if they don't get it from their guardians, some of which are degenerate, irresponsible idiots that shouldn't even have kids to begin with. Now that's a rant for another time. But let me tell you what I've been thinking about lately. Some people don't want to hear what I have to say and therefore don't hear what I have to say. They literally block it out. Like I told a person who was constantly posting climate change is a hoax memes and saying crazy crap like they're starving the planet of CO2 and the planet is actually cooling. You know, basically people like this believe the opposite of everything verifiably true because Al Gore and some other liberals are profiting from some unnamed global warming tax. So I took some time out of my life and I wrote an enlightening comment about how she was misinformed about CO2 and how too much is not good and why. And first I agreed everything politicians say is a money con. But that doesn't mean reality is fake. Like people lie about and profit from war. But that doesn't mean the war is fake. You can observe the dead bodies and conclude a war really is going on, even though they lie about the cause and nature of it. And profit from it, of course. And it's totally true the Democrats' sole purpose in life is to rake in more tax money off anything they can. I mean, they don't actually solve any problems with the money. They just want to take more. And on the other side, the Republicans are the party that openly represents the plutocrats and thinks it's the best way to do things. Or else you're a commie who loves Stalin and Pol Pot and the chinks. God darn commies. We need this regressive form of plutocracy. Therefore, it's impossible to be enlightened on any subject if you have bias towards the left or right side of the great dichotomy of division. Anyway, I thought I convinced her to consider real evidence of climate change. And a week later, she appeared and made a comment on my sarcastic post about climate change deniers. And what do you think she said? They are starving the planet of CO2 and everything is a lie. She didn't comprehend a goddamn thing I said and still thinks I love El Gore. <laughs> it's like I never said anything. I have noticed people don't want to listen to me. I think I scare people because they can't honestly call me crazy or stupid. So they block me out because they don't want to know how awful the truth is and be convinced of anything that goes against the beliefs they are addicted to. 
I don't personally know many people who listen to my show. And a few that said they did, you know, I'll ask them what they thought of a story in the second half. And they say, oh, I, I can't remember. In other words, they didn't listen. They listened to five minutes and turned it off. Or they really have a tiny attention span. And one guy said he listened to the whole show, but then he asked me if I was supporting Trump. <laughs> yeah, you were really paying attention not to know that. I mean, I had just viciously berated Donnie Boy in the second half of that show. Ugh, they weren't listening. And maybe it's not their fault. I think a lot of people find it hard to pay attention to anything for very long. You know, it seems everyone's got ADD now and listens to the same mainstream crap over and over. But in my opinion, it's more likely it is their fault because it might be a voluntary form of attention deficit disorder. You know, willful ignorance or dum da dum dum Okay, the music segment this week features a band that I never liked. In fact, I, I really disliked them a lot in the 90s. But my son likes them. And he told me that they were actually good. And I guess because of that, I like them now. But you know what? They are pretty good. And uh, I, I read some quotes by Kurt Cobain. And you know, the dude wasn't that dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. The the dude had some knowledge uh, about the way things work. I mean, he, he wasn't a genius or anything. Uh, sorry, Vinny, but uh, I, I think they're pretty good now. And I think this is a good song for this musical segment because this song was explaining how people are preoccupied by sports and other meaningless crap. I say also easily fooled and manipulated. I mean, it's written in first person, but I think he was talking about others. And I agree, because I think they're dumb. They're real freaking dumb. Roll it, Vinny Jr. I'm not like them, back in the town. The sun is gone, I had a light. The day is done, and I'm having fun. I think I'm dumb. I think we're dumb indeed. Now, that song 
this week is in honor of my technical engineer, who is my 19-year-old son, Vinnie Marcanti, who loves Nirvana, and he's a great guitar player himself, and I think he really uh, admires uh, Kurt Cobain. Well, admired, because he's no longer with us. And, you know, I like I said, I admit they were okay now, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that grunge stuff never appealed to me. In fact, I hated it. And all my friends loved it. But, you know, after that lame decade of the 80s, I guess it was kind of cool in retrospect that, that something cool came out. So that was our musical segment. I hope you enjoyed it. But let me get right back into my rant now, because I'm not done with this. There is an indicator that people with left or right-wing bias can't even comprehend anything that challenges their manufactured beliefs. They simply don't hear it. It's like a drunken blackout. Now, I'm sure you all know what cognitive dissonance is, because I told you to research it months ago, and it's much like what I'm ranting about now. Well, thinking about this matter has made me consider what the hell I'm doing with my life. Am I wasting my time? Even people I know personally that I try to enlighten about politics and how things work in a plutocracy, they act like they didn't hear a word I said the next time they see me. You know, they'll they'll ask me who I'm voting for. You really think I still vote for puppets after what I told you? Well, this has frustrated me. And I thought of this saying, do not cast your pearls before swine. (laughs) I had to find the origin of this. And it was Jesus who said that. I I didn't know. I had to research it. This was part of his Sermon on the Mound, and Jesus uses dogs and pigs as representative of those who would ridicule, reject, and blasphemy the gospel once it is presented to them. So the churches say, that means we are not to expose the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who have no other purpose than to trample it and return to their own evil ways. Repeatedly sharing the gospel with someone who continuously scoffs and ridicules Christ is like casting pearls before swine. (laughs) So I guess to the churches, that means I'm a pig because I am, and even if I lived back then, would have been innately skeptical of organized religion. To say the least. (laughs) It's still a valid point, though, because this is what the saying means to me. Why waste time trying to convince someone of something they don't want to know or even consider? Or even present someone with uh, something creative you wrote or or music you think is great and they, they don't even get it or care. Why waste time? Don't cast your pearls to swine. Well, the answer is simple. You know, just don't talk to them anymore. Just observe their behavior and play along because why waste words on them? Well, that's one way to look at it anyways. But I always felt the way to change the world is to be able to change the minds of people who believe in a false reality. I mean, you could say free them from the matrix for all you sci-fi buffs out there. The more people you can unplug and enlighten the more you have positively affected the species. So is it right to just give up on them? If we do, does that mean we are just preaching to the choir? I mean, lots of people preach to the choir, but do we ever hear clear solutions? Like, what's the first demand we should make? You know I got the answer. I want to believe that trying to convert the close-minded sheepies is something we must continue to do, even when it feels like you are banging your head against a brick wall. The sheepies are the toughest to get through to. Now, I'm sure all you wonderful guys and gals out there listening are different because a person with an open mind is not a sheep. And many people are hearing different views and information and making better decisions. And these alternative views are what the government wants to snuff out and call fake news. I'll use myself as an example of transformation. Like six years ago, I used to have a typical American meat and potatoes diet. And then, by chance, I started listening to Gary Knoll, you know, while I was at work. 
And by the way, that's why I prefer working alone. Because on typical job sites with a full painting crew, they're cranking the radio all day, which is half commercials and the other half is popular songs repeated over and over. Or they got Rush Limbaugh on. Or, you know, 24-hour sports talk. I, I, oh, I can't stand that. Meaningless crap. I, I don't know how people who work in an office or something have to listen to stupid music in the background all day. I, I would go nuts because my ears pay attention to everything and I can't block it out. I'm just uh, very attentive to, to things, I guess. Anyway, I work alone and I listen to Gary Knoll on the job. And from his advice, I was motivated to become a vegetarian who only cheats a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, that just me hearing him, that's about 70 pounds less of meat being consumed per year just by me finding Gary's show one day. And, you know, sometimes the customer asks me who I'm listening to, and I tell them. And I can give great advice on nutrition because of what I learned from him. And that mom I was working for feeds her family of four and may take the advice and not eat meat one day a week and then two days a week and then three days a week and so on until they have a healthy diet. So you see how things can snowball. I got advice from Gary Nolan. I'm passing it on to someone else. Now, I had a bizarre thought while I was trying to sleep one night in which giving out advice and perspective to people was like handing a brick to someone. I know it sounds weird. You know, you hand a brick to someone and and people are like, what, what the F is this? I'm not going to carry this heavy thing around. Take your brick and shove it where the sun don't shine. But a few of the people look closely at it and notice the brick is smoothly crafted and has an insightful saying boldly engraved on it. And it's preserved with dozens of coats of glossy sealer. And it's nice and smooth and looks great. And they say, wow, this is a really cool brick. I'm going to carry it home and put it in my garden. And then they come back and say, hey, you got any more bricks? I want to build a walking path in my garden. And then when the others see that cool walking path the neighbor is building for free, they may come back to collect a brick next time. We think things can only change on a large scale, but small changes are made all the time within our species, and some are positive. So I'm going to continue to argue with sheepies until the day I die, or until we convince enough and take back our government. Now, let's deal with the enlightened people who already know the truth because they can be just as useless as sheepies. And let me explain why I say that. I think there are basically two types of people who are aware of how things really work and what path the human race is on. Simply put, they are either idealists or cynics. With the knowledge that you have, do you believe it's impossible to systemically change our form of governance? So, as George Carlin said, are you just here to watch the freak show play out and in America you get a front row seat? That's a cynic. Or are you like me and believe we can reach a critical mass of awareness and strike and boycott the plutocrats right out of relevance? and form a cooperative central planning system of common sense consensus and do it very soon. I mean, in my opinion, it has to happen by 2020, not 100 years from now. But if you have any hope of it happening, at least within a decade, you, my friend, are a bright and shining idealist. And I like you. <laughs> and there are some very bright cynics as well. And they're far more historically learned than me. But they just can't believe the human race can change because it didn't happen in history. You know, uh, they'll be like, no, dude, it can't work. You're an anarchist. Have you ever heard about the Paris Commune? You know, and I'd say, 
Yeah, from March to May in 1871, the two million residents of Paris ran their city as an autonomous commune and established 43 worker cooperatives and advocated for a federation of revolutionary communes across France. With anarchist participation, the mass uprising and social reforms of the commune briefly moved Paris in a sharply anarchist direction. Under the name of the Paris Commune, a new idea was born to become the starting point for future revolutions. But the military order followers came in and shot them up and that was that. Yeah, you see it didn't work, so that proves nothing will ever work. You know, look into the Paris Commune. It was very interesting. Someone should make a movie about it. That would, that would be really cool. But anyways, cynics are usually smart and funny, but they can really piss me off with their defeatist crap. I mean, I can't think like that anymore. The future is not the past, and I won't bury my optimism because I'm an idealist at heart and my mind is geared at problem-solving, even though no one ever asks me for advice. (laughs) I like to think about what can be rather than what is all the time or what was and how we can only repeat the past. So my question to you for this week is, is it worth it to try to get a confessed Democrat or Republican to understand that this is a plutocracy and to abandon their party and join the movement of people who refuse to participate in sham elections and demand new representation free of corporate interests. I think the second demand would be no more secrets in government, and we must have at least one national news network paid for by the people and by law only delivers factual and pertinent news from all over the world with the highest journalistic values. So anyways, sheepies don't want to think about the burden of revolt and boycott and resistance and why. They still vote and think that's all they can do and all they need to do. So maybe it's a waste of time. But I always talk about needing a majority to achieve change. But maybe we just need to motivate ourselves. Maybe a dedicated and motivated minority is enough to overthrow the system. I will get into that more in weeks to come, but I want to get in a new segment for the show right now before I run out of time. Okay, so today will be the first time uh, this new segment will debut, and I have a feeling it's probably going to win a lot of awards for the hard-hitting journalistic stuff we're going to do here, Uh, really bringing the news to the people and showing them what's going on. So, the new, soon-to-be, award-winning segment shall commence now. All right, I call this new segment, What the hell going on out there? And let's begin it now. Atlanta. It is reported that an Atlanta man was shot inside a local McDonald's for apparently putting soda in his water cup. According to authorities, he was shot by the McDonald's restaurant manager. Kyle Davis, 25, was shot multiple times by McDonald's store manager Jerry Goldberg, who's 53, for asking for a water cup and instead putting soda in it. Kyle was shot three times and was taken to the nearest hospital. Medical staff says Kyle is expected to live. Jerry told authorities he was tired of people asking for free water cups and getting soda instead, and he couldn't take it anymore. These N-words walk in here asking for a cup of water and get Sprite and shit instead. I said, hell nah, not this time, said Jerry. What the hell going on out there? I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. Bloomington's armored vehicle was deployed for the first time. Oh boy, this had to be something serious. I mean, what was going on? Was there a huge riot? Or maybe someone didn't pay a utility bill? Well, let's see. 
The Monroe County Sheriff's Department says the city of Bloomington's new armored vehicle was deployed for the first time during a welfare check call that ended in a suicide Monday. The Sheriff's Department called for assistance from the critical incident response team after hearing what sounded like a gunshot inside the home on South Smith Road. The Sheriff's Department says the team used the vehicle primarily to ensure the safety of a negotiator who is trying to communicate with the armed man who was inside. Police say the man died from suicide. Thank God they had an armored vehicle there. What the hell going on out there? I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. Florida man arrested for tranquilizing and raping alligators in the Everglades. Wait. Did I say that right? Yeah, I said that right. A Florida man has been arrested after authorities report he was tranquilizing alligators in the Everglades and then raping them. 57-year-old Sean Killams was found by Florida authorities in the act of engaging in sexual intercourse with a tranquilized alligator Sunday afternoon. Authorities say they tased Sean as he was not following police orders. (laughs) Police say Sean was high on crystal meth. I'm pretty surprised. (laughs) Police later found dozens of tranquilizers and firearms near where police arrested Sean. According to police, Sean kept claiming he was possessed by the late Steve Irwin, an Australian TV personality who was known as simply... The Crocodile Hunter. What the hell going on out there? I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. And finally, a man at Planet Fitness in New Hampshire took off his clothes and began doing yoga in the buff, police said. Eric Stango, 34, was charged with indecent exposure, lewdness, and disorderly conduct at a Princeton location of the popular gym chain on Sunday afternoon. The story we got from witnesses was that the guy walked in, stripped down right there in front, left the clothes and belongings at the front desk, walked back and forth across the gym a couple of times, and then settled in over the yoga mats. Police Captain Brett Morgan told the paper. When officers arrived, they said they found Stango in his birthday suit, in a yoga-type position. The only comment he made was that he thought it was a judgment-free zone, apparently referring to their slogan, What the hell going on out there? I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. I'm afraid I can't help it. I'm afraid I can't. Well, all right. I hope you enjoyed a new segment hell going on out there maybe it'll emerge again from time to time i want to just get to uh something serious before we call it a day because uh you know i don't know if you heard about this but the zionists are trying to get the white helmets out of syria in my opinion it's because they are failed perpetrators of false flag events i mean it was too easy to disprove their stupid fake uh, chemical gas attacks. So they're, they're trying to get them out of there, and they're acting as if they're refugees. You know, they're going to bring them into other countries such as Canada. And the headline from RT I like the best because it said, White helmets must be tracked down and prosecuted for war crimes. Yeah, indeed. I saw some comments about this from Canadians who are like, Oh, how wonderful. We should welcome these Heroes who volunteered and put themselves in danger to do such wonderful and good things in Syria. (laughs) Jeez, just imagine that. They're not humanitarian volunteers. They're paid terrorists. Let's look into that if you don't know more about it. It's just sickening. The white helmets should be put in front of a firing squad, in my freaking opinion. Okay, a few other little tidbits before we call it a day. I just want you to know that in 2017 alone, 40 football fields 
worth of forest were cut down or burned every minute. Think about that. Yeah, we're, we're on a sustainable path here, aren't we? Here's a little something to explain how humane we are here in America and how we really treat our workers well. Coal miners are dying of black lung, and a Kentucky law could make it harder for them to claim benefits. Nice! Nice, huh? Here's something to think about that you might not have heard about. European heat wave intensifies with the hottest summer in nearly 50 years while Japan sets new heat record. Temperatures in Japan have reached 41.1 C, a new record for the country, amid a deadly heat wave that has claimed dozens of lives. Yeah, really? I thought the world was cooling down. Yeah, a couple other things for us to think about until next week. In Yemen, the U.S. grants approval for genocide. Hooray! Eight million there are already on the brink of starvation. How many have died already? Sick-ass people! Also, the Israelis are blowing up the Palestinians again. Maybe we'll get into more of this next week. But I want to leave you with something I'm going to read to you about our education system because... This kind of tells us how we can allow all these horrible things to happen and just go along with it all. The education system conditions children to obediently cooperate in a society that is controlled and exploited by sociopaths and psychopaths. By the time children reach adulthood, most will be, one, unable to question authority, two, unable to look at the bigger picture and make rational, independent observations, Three, unable to see the manufactured mainstream narrative is not plausible or remotely realistic. And four, unable to seek out their own meaning and purpose in life without looking to self-appointed authority figures, leaders, or gurus for instructions and direction. Society is educated to perceive reality-based rationalism and independent thought as weakness that derive from those on the fringe. They deem him their worst enemy who tells them the truth, Plato. Okay, real quick, I was wondering if anyone out there has any questions for me. Uh, if you do, please email me at theplutocracyreport at gmail.com. Yeah, I know no one will, but just in case, and I will address your questions on upcoming shows. Well, I want to thank you once again for joining me on the Plutocracy Report this week. And I know it was a bit fiery and I was pretty angry this week, but come back next week and I'm going to have a great show that you just can't miss. I'm Vince Marcanti, and once again, it is such an honor to talk to you wonderful, enlightened people. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.